Hi there, Richard Herring here, currently appearing in Channel 4's Taskmaster every Thursday at 9pm. Welcome to uh, Rahalastapa with wonderful guest Stevie Martin, not that one, uh, fantastic improviser, writer, comedian, uh, really brilliant podcast this one I think, I've really enjoyed it. Um, look, my book The Problem With Men is out really soon, 5th of November. It comes out, but you can pre-order it now wherever you get your hardback books, your e-books or your audio books. Um, please do buy it for yourself, uh, for all your friends, anyone who wants to find out when International Men's Day is. Uh, it's funny. It's informative. I think you'll like it. I'm very pleased with it. It'd be nice if it sold some copies, wouldn't it? Um... Apart from that, do check out everything I'm doing on Twitch. Ali and Herring's Twitch are fun Thursday nights, just before Taskmaster, starting at 7.30 at the moment. Twitch.tv slash RK Herring. Uh, I'm also selling some bits and bobs every now and again for charity on eBay, where I'm Herring1967, so do check that out. But uh, before we go in to this week's podcast with Stevie Martin, last week's guest, Michael Ian Black, very, it's very big of him. We had a slight uh, disagreement about some of his work. Um, it was a little bit awkward, but just apropos of nothing, without me asking, certainly without me paying him money on Cameo, he has got in touch with a message for you, which I want to share, and then after him, bang, straight into Rahalastapa with Stevie Martin. Over to you. This is very big of you, Michael. I appreciate it. Michael Ian Black apologising. This is a message for the world and not any particular person who may have a vested interest in me saying these words. Um, but I do want to apologize to the world for my part in writing the utterly charming, witty, and endearing film Run, Fat Boy Run. Um, I had no business crafting this very sweet tale. Simon Pegg, the star of it, had no business lending a hand in sharpening the screenplay and making it even better than it already was. David Schwimmer, the talented actor and director, had no business seeing this project brought to life and the incredible actress, Thandie Newton, certainly should not have portrayed uh, her part with such grace and elegance. But it's really my part as the conceptualizer and writer and visionary, original visionary for the project, who I feel like just owes you the world in apology. It was thoughtless of me to write a winning comedy that also has a good deal of heart. And I apologize to you, the world, for inflicting this darling romantic comedy on all of you. And just so you know, I'm in a parking garage right now in Connecticut, and uh, I'm gonna jump off of it. Hello, my God. Please welcome a man who's been struggling with cupboards all week 
and now struggling with technology. It's Richard Herring. Hello. I think we're going. I hope we're there. I'm just going to check Twitch to check it's all working. Yes, I can see myself. Hello. We're here. Welcome to another episode of Richard Herring's Last Stranger Things podcast. It's the last page of the Stranger Things book. We filled it up. You know what? It's almost been exactly a year. It's falling apart. It started on the 11th of October, 2019. It's the 7th of October, 2019, I think. So just short of a year this thing has lasted. Uh, All the guests we've had. Who would have guessed a year ago that we'd have ended up talking to people in America, done half this book through live podcasts? It's got Grayson Perry's autograph in there. It's got a little doodle he's done. That's got to be worth a lot of money, right? That's got to be worth tens of thousands of pounds. It's got Charlie Brooker. It's got all sorts. And uh, what what I do with these books, oh, they're, they're struggling to cut. There you go, look at that. Um, is uh, I tend to eBay them off. I think I might eBay this one off for charity because it's got the work of a famous artist in it. So watch out for the eBay. We might eBay some other stuff as well. Um, uh, but I was talking to... Um, uh, Emmanuel Charpentier and Jennifer Doudna the other day. They're the winners of the Nobel Prize for Chemistry for Inventing Genetic Scissors. I mean, it sounds like they're evil mad women to me, but they look nice, don't they? They're trying to, they're trying to change all your DNA to make it better in some way. Anyway, they call it Rahalaspa. I don't know if that's going to catch on. I wasn't talking to... Oh, hold on. No, that's later. I wasn't talking to Sir Roger... Penrose, though, uh, he won the Nobel Prize for physics for drawing a big cock on a blackboard. Look at that. That's just, I've, if you're giving out Nobel Prize for physics for drawing cocks on blackboards, you owe me about 325,317 Nobel Prizes. He hasn't even done a good job. The balls, if that's meant to be a vagina with a penis going, the balls are wrapped, they kind of got caught in the labia. And that is not right. You shouldn't be putting your balls in there anyway, Sir Roger Penrose. If they give you Nobel Prizes for that, I think that's disgusting. So I've had uh, quite a week. I've been recording my audio book this week, uh, The Problem with Men. Um, and that is available to pre-order wherever you pre-order your books uh, on book, hardback book, ebook, and audio book. And there's lots of extras on the audio book. I did a big uh, podcast, extra podcast with Deborah Francis White, which I think you'll find very interesting. Uh, Alistair Green was along to be the voice of the International Men's Day. It was a lot of fun. So do pre-order that if you can. Do subscribe to Twitch, especially if you're with Amazon Prime. Link your Amazon Prime and Amazon Gaming accounts. Uh, But the big news this week, what I spent most of my week doing, is attempting to get into a cupboard in my kitchen. Um, It uh, became stuck. It's a carousel cupboard in the corner. And uh, if sometimes I put pans in there, which I I accept now is probably an error, I'm in the Albert Hall, by the way, for people listening at home. I'm all, lots of people are cheering me. It's great. Um, and uh, pan handles can get caught and stop the thing spinning around. Usually you can open it enough to be able to fiddle it around and jostle it and they'll come loose. This time that didn't happen. It was it was deep in there. I could only open the door a crack. That's the crack I could get through. I could barely see. I could use a tiny torch and shine it in there, and I could see what was inside this half of the cupboard. There's all the other side on the other half. It was like a very shit discovery of King Tutankhamun's tomb, where there were some cheese graters and a colander in there. I could just see a pan 
with uh, his handle against the side. But it was very difficult to get anything in there that was both flexible enough because it had to bend around a bit to get underneath the panhandle, but also solid enough that had it had some purchase on it. And my, oh, my, did I have a time. I tried a coat hook, obviously. Everyone on Twitch, Twitter suggested coat coat an, an unraveled coat hook. Um, what's what that's not called coat coat hanger that's what they're called uh and i tried uh some bamboo from the garden then i got the best thing i got was some um, fresh bamboo that hadn't solidified that moved it a little bit got a little bit further uh i tried i went to um the diy shop in hitchin and i bought uh, a curtain rod which just broke i bought this but look that's that that's not going to get in that tiny gap is it look Look at that tiny gap and look at that. It's not going to work. That's uh, one of the... I, I bought it because I thought, well, it might do it. And also, it's what it is, if you're listening on the audio, is one of those um, picker-up things that old people use to pick things up so they don't have to bend down. But I thought it's a good excuse to buy one of those without accepting that I'm old. And I found it very useful for lots of things. We'll come back to it. It's a good, it was a good buy. And that I, I knew it wouldn't work, but I thought, let's buy it anyway. And then if anyone says, where'd you get that? I go, oh, I had to open a carousel cupboard. Uh, it became a big Twitter thing. People were suggesting stuff on Twitter. I was hitting it. I was kicking it. I, w- I was lo- I was getting very frustrated. Um, finally, I got it uh, just open enough to get that clipper in and, and opened up. It was. The, I have to say, it was the best day of my life. Uh, I've had. I got married. I've had two kids. The, the elation I felt after twenty six hours of trying to open that cupboard, it was intense. It was the most wonderful thing I've ever seen. I had a headache beforehand. It was all it was all better. It was all went well. Um, but anyway, that was my that was my day. But a lot of people were surprised when I opened it up. Uh, I should say that uh, there it is to prove I used that. I reached in with this, managed to get it through, boom, and then grabbed and then managed to pull it. Um, that I have two cheese graters. That was the big story on. Uh, things are going well for me. Okay, I've got two cheese graters. I've got an, a cheese grater and an emergency cheese grater. Because what if you lose your cheese grater or one of your cheese graters is in the dishwasher and it's going and you need to grate something, you need another grater. So my mistake was to put my emergency grater in the same cupboard as my actual grater. And that's why the royal family never travel in the same plane. It's the same thing. So I'm now going to keep the. They are currently in the same cupboard. Once I opened it, I did immediately shut it and jingle it around again to see if I could trap it again. It was so much fun getting out there. Um I, you know, I haven't done much in my life, and that uh, my I thought my wife would be really pleased, but she was, if anything, cross with me for doing it because she had been trying to do it and she hadn't done it. And although when you're married, you are aiming for the you, your goals are the same, you, it's still just a competition. It's you're competing against each other to do the same thing, and if one of you achieves it, the other one is annoyed. <laughs> and that is the beauty of marriage, my friends. It's a comp. Don't let anyone tell you it's a union. It's a competition all the way. Some lots of people said we should keep our cans in there, not our pans, because uh, they won't. Then it won't happen, and that makes sense because there's, you know, it's a lot of wasted room in there with pans in. But my wife's not gonna. She's not gonna concede that. Anyway, you've had a little glimpse into my private life there. Um, how many how many cheese grates? There's too much. There's a magic mix up there as well. That can grate stuff as well. I've basically got three. I've, I wouldn't use the magic mix because I don't know how to use it. But also, it takes a lot of cleaning. They're good though, but you know, you never use them because they take a lot of cleaning. Anyway, look. Enough of that. Buy my book. 
do your Twitch. Uh, remember to come back and subscribe with Twitch Prime if you if you're doing that. I don't want you spending any of your actual money on this, but it'd be lovely if you would spend Ian Amazon's money on this. Um, my guest this week uh, is probably best known for her appearance on So Bino. That is why we're all here today to to see that, ladies and gentlemen. Will you please welcome the amazing Stevie Martin? There she is. Hello. How are you? Hello, good to see you. <laughs> Cheers to you as well. I've got, uh, I've got a little, oh look, my drink see through. My drink's got people on it because oh, it's green. It's mine, green. mine doesn't. But I did just pour it the other one all over myself. Yes, we've of... had quite, we've had quite a time in the pre, in the right. We were going to do our little backstage interview, then the tech went wrong, and you spilt a whole glass of wine on yourself. Yeah, yeah. So like duvet, all my outfit, which was all white, uh, yeah. all white outfit, like a Backstreet Boy. Um, <laughs> All my outfits ruined. I probably lost the deposit on the flat. Uh, probably my boyfriend's probably broken up with me. Yeah. So. <laughs> it was good. We did, When I came back to you, you were just discussing Vanish with your boyfriend. He was about to put it in the washing machine. You were going, no, you've got to leave it to soak for six hours. It's a competition. A relationship is a competition. It's not. You're, you're working for the same thing. But And I won that one despite <laughs> having poured the wine because I knew what to do with the Vanish. So yeah. in a way, that is two nil. That is well done. Congratulations! What do you remember about uh, your appearance on Sobino? And can you tell right. people who don't know what Sobino is? Can't believe of all the things that that's. So actually, that was actually one of my favourite. Good. It's one of my favourite jobs, Richard. Uh, yeah, one of my favourite acting jobs. I don't get many of them. Um, I know, I mainly do. Um, well, you probably will know me best for Woman One, Woman Two, uh, Girl One, Girl Two uh, <laughs> in anything. Um, but Sobino was great because it's a kids show. Which yeah. means that at any point that we wrote, I was, uh, I've got two uh, writing. Is it a partner if it's two? A, tr- a triartner, a triage, yes, two okay. triage nurses that, <laughs> triage, that, yeah. that I work with. Um, and I used to be in a sketch group with them, and then we now sort of write together. And we got to write uh, just loads of sketches for kids, given a theme. And what's so great is that the moment you're like, oh, I need like a clever punchline. No, you don't. Just do a big fart. And then <laughs> it's true. It's so and that works good. for adults as well. It works for adults as well. It should do, but they don't. The, commission, <laughs> the commissioners don't like it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I was absolutely. I just did this face. This is like my face, and then they'd put a fart soundtrack on it. It was like this. Yeah. <laughs> so, thank you. You do the best faces. I have to say, you're a very naturalistic actor in your sketches. But what I re- and when I did, we'll talk about this later as well. But when I did your Twitch channel, uh, it's it's a it's a you know, it's a character you're performing, but when you make noises and pull faces, that's it comes out every now and again, and it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. You're just the mas- the master or the mistress of the funny face with an unusual sound, I would say. So if it's that's a fart, even better. But so kind, no one's you know, it's that great. Before, the the number I've... of times you've made me laugh today with a, just a stupid face and go, ah! I can't do it as well as you. I, d- I don't know how I dared to do that in front of you when you're the master slash mistress. That was it. terrible. Actually, I'm really embarrassed for you. Yeah, I'm embarrassed for myself. Um, how many cheese graters do you have in your abode? Yeah, I was thinking about this. So I've yeah. got one, which is mm. to my shame, um, but it's one that I, I I don't need to buy another one because it's the one where it's like a tub and then the grater is the lid. So oh, you that's good. And it falls within. But I yeah. do have two garlic presses. So oh, I just want to say. I've got one of those as well. I've got four, I've got four graters. I've realised now. I've got one of those. 
absolutely. I don't really use it. I don't really use that one, but there we do have the capacity to use that one. Why don't you use that one? That's the only one that well, is. Well, I don't think to, I did use it for a bit, and then you know, then I've got two greaters. You come together in a you know a relationship. You both bring a greater, and uh, that's two greaters, and then other greaters come in. Two garlic presses. Is that because you weren't happy with the a performance of the? I've got I've got a. I would say I've got I've got probably two at the moment. I've had more than two in my life of garlic presses. One of them's the roly. What have you got? One one that's a like a rolling what? pin. What? That's, ro- that, that. that's a rolling pin. That's yeah, like- no, but it's like a gar. It's a it's only about that long, and it's specially made for garlic. It's got like uh, I would go down and get it, but it will take a bit too long. Yes. Uh, well, I'll show it next week. Uh, it's got like little ridges on it, so it's made for rolling garlic, but it crushes it. But you get big bits of garlic. Uh, and then I've got uh, and I've got one that's a bit harder to clean. The good thing about the rolly one, easy to clean. Yeah, that's the thing that I can't stand about my garlic presses because they're both the ones that are difficult to clean. But I can't stand cleaning it because then you just put garlic in it again. Like it's not like the garlic taste is going to affect anything. So that no. I can't get my head around it. And I get very angry. Also, when you have to clean it, sometimes I have to, like scrape it with my finger, and then you get like garlic yeah. finger. Uh, that's true. Awful. And it stays that for does. two weeks. It, uh, I quite like big chunks of garlic, and, and in was it is it Goodfellas or The Godfather where the guy's slicing up garlic with a little? I think I'd love about, to, I think about that, that every time I do. I'm like because he, he does it. He like shaves it. Yeah, and it's amazing. Do, yeah, I can't be bothered with that, but like I'd like to be bothered with that, like massively. <laughs> That's the best bit of that film, mm. that classic film. Um, good. So well, like, we've covered that. Maybe when you're a bit more successful, you'll have four what? ways to great things like I am. That's what I'm just saying. I've, I've done. My life's gone pretty well. People are a bit jealous. I, I think people thought the whole cupboard thing was just a ruse to just show how many greaters I had. And uh, things are going pretty. What can I say? Things are going pretty well. Well, I'm already very jealous of you because you have a uh, the thing that I crave and covet the most, which is a place to work that is not your bed. So if I had had an office, <laughs> yeah. this wine thing would not have ruined my life. <laughs> it yeah, just, that's true. Just tipped over. Like oh, nightmare. You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful with booze. Uh, so let's talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, are you ever confused with Stevie Martin, who writes about Brighton's knocker boys? Are you ever confused with him? <laughs> There's another Stevie Martin. He lives in Brighton. He writes about knocker boys. I didn't want to look up and see what knocker boys were. I have a feeling they were probably some sort of teddy boys or maybe... The guy. So there used to be guys who used to knock on, wake you up by knocking on the windows and stuff, wasn't it? I don't know if those are knocker boys, but I, you know, but knocker boys. I'd write, it's better left to the imagination. Yeah, it just Brighton's, sounds like boys that like knockers. That's yeah, what, that's yeah. just boys. That's just all, some some, bo- some well, boys. Most boys. Most boys. boys. Um, yeah, that's the statistic. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to do the thing that everyone does, which is say what? Steve Martin, and oh, I was like, no, I'm so bored of that. Yeah, he, no, he's a he's no. an actor. Um, He's, he's, I often, yeah, I often get confused by him. It's really helped me in my career when people are trying to like find, you know, like it's just, he just comes up when you, I don't, I can't Google myself, which is really nice because it's just, he just comes up. Um, no, I haven't. I, sh- I just, I'm very, he's, he's written a book. I'm very jealous of people who've written books. So, you know, maybe I should get I think he's them. trying to write a sitcom about it. All I've found about him and he did come up on more or less the first page of Google when I put Stevie Martin. Maybe it was, God. I put Stevie Martin interviewing as I do to try and get little, tidbits that I can work on and then I thought oh this is interesting local author and I thought oh maybe she lives in Brighton and then I looked at that doesn't look like the Stevie Martin I remember um I wonder if he's confused for you it must be annoying for him that you've shown up he's a little older than you uh and he must have been thinking, well at least I'm the only Steve Martin 
in the UK, and I've called myself Stevie, and then you turn up and ruin that. I totally ruined that. Yeah, well, yeah. the thing is with interviews, I don't really do many interviews. I used to be a journalist, oh. so I would interview lots of people. So yeah. I find it really weird being interviewed because that mm-hmm. was my day job for so long. Um, I feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually really surprised I've not heard of Stevie. Stevie the, I'm another amazed. Stevie Martin. Yeah. You're just so obsessed with the other Steve Martin. Well, I don't Google myself, Richard, because I'm not a prick. Should. I've Googled you a lot. Oh, and yeah. I Google myself a lot. It's a bad thing to do to Google yourself. It's horrible. Well, I don't have enough. To, I, there's nothing there. <laughs> I imagine <laughs> there's plenty, you're there's, I've fine. Found, I've found plenty of stuff. Don't you Lord. worry. Um, <laughs> and do you ever get Steve Martin's uh, job offers, or do people ever email you thinking you're Steve Martin? Uh, no, but I did actually, and this—it was almost too neat. It was I did a preview uh, for my Edinburgh show last year, and uh, at a place in London, and they put. They put Steve Martin on the poster, on everything. And what was so fascinating was, obviously, when the person is writing out Steve Martin, do they not think to be like, shall I check if it's if it's him? Because I'll probably put it more front and centre of it. But they didn't. So it just looked like Steve Martin was just like casually rocking up and doing... And it was sold out. Uh, no, and they weren't that interested in what I no. was saying. You should use it more. You should use it to your yeah, advantage, do that. Were well, you not tempted to go with a different name? Well, when I was in the womb, um, there was a lot of arguments happening. I wanted to be called D- Tracy. Um, yeah. And my mum was just like, no, I love the jerk. So <laughs> that's, they've actually You're now allowed. admitted. They've now You're allowed to change your own name. You can change your own name now as a, oh, as a grown. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't realise. Many, no. well, many people do that for that reason, that they don't want to be mistaken. You know, if I was called... Um, I can't think of anyone who had Nicole Kidman. If I was called Nicole Kidman, <laughs> if I was called Nick, Nicole, Nikolai, Nikolai Kidman, but it was spelt Nicole. Yes. Um, yeah, I would probably think about. No, I would definitely keep that. In fact, I'm gonna, I'm change, I'm changing it to Nikolai Kidman. That's what I'm gonna be called just, from now on. To, to Nicole, just back yeah. yourself. You know, yeah. I, I, well, I had a lot of like. Obviously, you can imagine when you're a, a, a very small child girl in yeah. the 90s and you're like, my name's Stevie. And everyone in the playground is like, are you a boy? And <laughs> you're very bored of that. But as a child, you don't have that kind of self-consciousness element. Oh, no, sorry, you don't have the self-awareness. You have the self-consciousness massively. <laughs> but now I quite like it because it is actually a talking point. I'm very bad at small yeah. talk. And it's quite a talking point at parties for, for very low bar conversations well i think you should do a show called the jerky because that's like putting an e in the jer- jerky I should. and then it's like stevie, stevie martin the jerky thank you thank you okay, that's so edinburgh 2022 sorted yes. yeah that, yeah that, that 2022 might happen i think 2020 i'm not going to 2021 it'll be too full and i can't be bothered oh i think it'll be super empty i well, i don't think it'll happen and i think no one will be able to afford to go but it'll be all the fa- it'll be look, yourself you could do it it'll be that it'd be people who are quite established and, and or or people who are like the hot the hot newcomers the sexy newcomers um so very sexy people and very uh established people sounds great. like a dangerous cocktail to me what Isn't a dangerous great festival you'd have to see shit <laughs> good. good all right well look there's lots of things to talk about you are quite high i don't know where you were born which I usually manage to find out from the internet. So it is quite hard to find out stuff about you. I'm presuming the north of England. Why? Yes. 
I was born <laughs> in Liverpool. I've lost okay. my accent. I won't be taking you any questions. Lost it. I'd have taken you over. I'd have said you were more my neck of the woods, somewhere around Yorkshire, possibly. I mean, it's... no, grew up in Northwest look... Cheshire, right. so that, which is sort okay, of like nondescript. That. That's like nondescript North that no one yeah. can ever place. Uh, but not in yeah. the. I'm mean, very clear. Uh, not in the posh part because then people. No, it's not bad to be posh, but it. I often am like, oh, it's Cheshire. No, the bad. There's shithole in it in Cheshire. Okay. Cheshire's asshole. That's where I'm from. Okay. And then you went to Durham University. I mean, not straight away. You lived till you were presumably 17 or 18 and went. <laughs> Came out and into the Northeast. Uh... I know Durham University is pretty easy to get into. So you may have been a baby. So uh, easy. Um, uh, and you, did, you, you started, you were doing English literature. I know that. And yes. you, you, start, you did comedy, you were in the, comedy, the Durham Review. Oh, well yeah. done to Durham Review for still going. I can't believe it's still going. I go and see them every year. Um, yeah. I got auditioned by uh, Nish Kumar, Ed Gamble, mm. Tom Neenan, mm. Dream Team. Wow, uh, there was more. Katie Barker, excellent woman, is no longer in comedy. But um, those three. Um, and also someone called Pete. I've forgotten his last name. He was so good. And then he became an academic. Lovely for him. But um, yeah, gr- I had no interest in doing that. But I was very drunk and then uh, uh, d- went. And okay. Nish Kumar changed my life. <laughs> wow! I, yeah, I knew he. I knew those guys were all from there. I hadn't made that connection. Didn't wouldn't have. Didn't realize it was the same time period. Okay, good. Mm. Here uh, we are. I, but you went to, off to be a journalist. But you saw the other Durham Review guys doing okay, and you thought they were shit. I'm going to go back and <laughs> I, they can and do. It. I can. Ed, terrible. Shit. Here I come. <laughs> Age thirty-two, still not quite eclipse them. Might do. Plenty of time. Um, Play time, so much time. Um, yes, I didn't. It was really weird because when I was in uh, Durham, it, I didn't really like my degree. Um, found it very pretentious, and thought, but then, yeah, didn't really want to do comedy or anything. I had no, I'd never been on stage, no, no interest in it. Got drunk, um, and my friend opposite me in the hall was had a boyfriend who was in it and was like, oh, you should do it. And then they, they took me there and I just sort of was drunk and being silly. And then they, and then, and then Ed Gamble let me into the Durham Review. And um, I, and then the first, I remember very vividly, the first time we all like met up and it was like, bring some funny things. I was like, I can't do it. So I was silent for like a year. I didn't do anything. I was terrified. And then um, didn't think ever that comedy could be a career, for, which is so, and it sounds very trite saying it, but I did not think that comedy could, I didn't even consider it because all of the guys did comedy, but there were very few girls doing comedy from Durham. So I was just like, oh, and then we all, and then I then joined, I formed a sketch group with two girls who were in the Durham Review years after I'd like trained to be a journalist and then been like, and then like also been a, com- I was a comedy reviewer, which has not helped oh, me. Oh, were you? I didn't, yeah, I edited, I, fe- I edited Fest magazine in Edinburgh. Did you? My goodness, did you ever review me? No, I, no, I saw, but I've said this to you before, I saw that one of the, the first comedy show I ever saw in Edinburgh was The Teacher's Son. Headmaster's Son, it's a very I'm memorable so title. That's okay. But it was a memorable <laughs> show. I loved it so much. Um, and that was, yeah, that was when I was in, I was in the Durham Review. And um, yeah, I, I, it was that thing where you don't realise, if you don't, if you kind of have an idea of what you want to do, but you're too scared, you tend to, I, I've tended to kind of like circle around it and be like, well, I'm a writer, but I can never be on stage. So I will just, I will just rip <laughs> the shit out of people who I will now, and I still do, like, uh, I had a very nice conversation with someone the other day who I was like, I'm really sorry in 2012, I gave you three stars. And they were like, I've thought about that for years. 
it's I've really shot myself in the foot. Yeah, really did. But well, fine. Fern Brady was also a journalist and I think a comedy reviewer as well who turned who changed sides. So it's very well. You should keep it quiet. That's changed my whole quiet. opinion of you. Yeah, well, um, that's why I, that's why I don't spread it about. That's why I didn't know. <laughs> Uh, the uh, the sketch group, like I don't, I'd not seen any. I mean, I think I'd I'd caught some of your sketches without knowing who you necessarily were, you guys. So I had seen a yeah. couple of bits and pieces. Uh, Massive Dad, is that the name of the sketch group? You suddenly looked like it wasn't. Yes, it is. Uh, and I watched Lost Today, and it looks like you had a TV show because there's these very professionally produced sketches. But did you just do those yourself, or did did we someone got, pay you to do this? We got really close a lot right. of times, and that broke my heart <laughs> um, but there's loads of really amazingly shot sketches like properly produced sketches so were those from a pilot or did you put those together yourself for a so pilot so we or? did a product we they were on they were shot on the camera that was the same camera that shot skyfall okay um i don't know what i've never done that in my life. <laughs> so um we uh yes we worked with a production company called monkey kingdom who are brilliant uh, or were brilliant. I, I've not spoken to them for a bit, but they're um, they're great. And um, we the idea was that we would do um, put together these sketches. They'd be like, oh, they look great, and then they would like make them into a show. Um, and then there was like a very short window where it was like three. Oh yeah, we need women in comedy. And then we uh, had about six months of really gunning for it. And then it was like, no, <laughs> we don't want that anymore. And and then uh, that was the end of that. Um. So yeah, we we had a really lovely, in retrospect, time of getting like so close, and also we got um we got a series, and then the person at Channel Four changed, <laughs> so then we lost the series. Yeah, and that's, then, that's basically my last thirty years. Oh God, man, I don't know how you do it. Like I, like I don't. I only realise now that my heart was broken like and now I have a nice time because I now make my own stuff but it's so hard to yeah. get over that thing but yeah it, it, and we're actually doing a little cameo in someone's uh show next week um that's gonna be on B BBC or something um and, it, and it's nice to kind of meet up with them again and, and do a little bit of filming with them again because we, we kind of we didn't split acrimoniously at all we still are all really great friends and I do a podcast with one of them and I'm sure. great mates with the other but it was sad that it didn't work out. It's really sad. Yeah, well, it's you know, there's so many things like there's so much luck yeah. down the down the way as to the things that get that far. You know, I've talked about this a lot, but things like The Office, you know, it wasn't until it was repeated that it sort of became, and it was only repeated because of something like the Olympics being cancelled or something that it became a big thing. So there's so, even when you get that far, there's so much chance and luck, and you know, and good things will come will come out. I think, but. Absolutely. Uh, I there was some great sketch. I really like the sketch about the brooch, whether you're interviewing uh, you're interviewing the girl with the brooch. I love that one. Okay. The Andrew sisters one is very funny as well. There's some great stuff. It's all on. There's a massive dad website, and you can see all. I think pretty much there's eight or nine sketches on there that are very beautifully shot and acted, and some good funny faces in them as well. So check them I out. I try to I try to just squeeze a face in where I can, <laughs> where it's needed. It's good. It, it's perfectly timed you know a funny face you just have to ask my daughter who's a very already a very stern comedy critic and it doesn't cut the mustard you can't pull funny faces all the time but every now and again i made her laugh today and you know that's that's about the first time in a month i've made her laugh and it was partly through i think it was a funny fact i can't remember, I can't remember. have i not noted it down i'm gonna ask you an emergency question i'll ask you i'll go i'll go old school you're the last person in my book with grace and perry you're in with grace and perry 
Oh. Usually, I'd get you to sign this, but it's it's not it's not possible in the yeah, I can't reach. in the current environment. Um, okay, question number two: If you had to have sex with an animal, if you had to, if you had to, I'm not, I don't think you'd want to, yeah, but if yeah. you had to, which animal would you choose and why? It can be a specific one, or a breed, or a species. Uh, you know, if, you, if there's one you particularly fancy over the others. No, I do know. Yeah, um, it would be for two reasons: a pangolin. You know, pangolin. Mm. So reason one is they yeah. look very polite. Okay. Um, reason two is that they are apparently, I've, whenever I see an animal that I don't really know, and I'm like, they're so cute. Then you find out that they've been horribly trafficked or something. They're like the most yeah. trafficked animal. They need a bit of joy because they're the most trafficked animal. I think the most trafficked exotic animal. So I could give them a good old time. Okay. <laughs> they are, when it's... It's all. It's almost like an alien. It looks sort of half a snake, That's... sort of like an armadillo. Yeah, but like you're not giving. They're like this, but they, they've got like a nice little. You but know? I think you. It's it goes. Be, I think it's a good choice because it takes it beyond bestiality to something you could imagine. Oh, this is an aliens come down from another planet. They've mm. said unless we can breed with your best human female. We will destroy the Hello. planet, <laughs> and then you can go. Okay, I'll do this just for you know to save the planet Earth. And it's quite that's and it's quite that's quite a sexy story. Quite, I might Great, use that well, there. Thrilled. Um, gonna, thrilled. I might have. I might change to a pangolin. <laughs> Mine's the akapi, which is just because it looks like a. It's What's it's that? it's like a um, sort of like oh, a long, Did you... It's an akapi. It's like. Um, uh, it's it's got like ze- it's like got zebra markings, but it's uh, like a horse. Oh yes, with I a... know. Oh, they're beautiful. I've just googled it. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, so you've gone for you've gone for looks over trying to give someone a good Come, time. Long tongue from behind. You if you were just <laughs> in behind, you could imagine it was a lady. That's all I was saying, or a, or a gentleman if you prefer. Uh, a new carp has been born in London Zoo recently. I got an email about it. I don't know if it was just to me specifically, but I want London Zoo to know I'm only interested in adult carpies. <laughs> so when, please email me when that carpie is... For, only if I have to have sex with an animal would I choose in the carpie. I don't want to have sex with it. But if I had to, I'm round to London Zoo, adult carpies only. Because I want the younger pangolins, the better, just if you can <laughs> is that what, spread is that, that out. I think yeah, it's yeah, okay. Yeah. I think once you've crossed the, the line into bestiality... All bets are off, really. Have sex with uh, an egg. Why not? Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 okay. That is actually okay. Um, it's fine. Have you ever seen a ghost, Stevie Martin? <sighs> that's a really great question. Also, uh, I've got a friend who is in the series of Ghosts, and he did a press tour, and he said every single journalist started with <laughs> "Have you ever seen ghosts?" And then I read all his interviews, and every interview starts with that. Um, no, I haven't absolutely desperate to but my dad has a really good ghost story and he's a really cynical like scouse like ghosts of bullshit but he's like ghosts of bullshit but apart from this one time basically very quickly because very boring to hear other people's stories about ghosts sure it Um, is not that's why i asked the question it's very (laughs) interesting of course sorry i forgot uh don't like talking about myself (laughs) or my life um so my dad is a a session drummer and that's his job and he was working in a studio he session drum for anton deck i just want people to know that before um... he did and that was when i was people who are not of my age do not realize the importance of being nine years old and pj and duncan let's get ready to rumble your dad, it, like that was the, he also did Peter Andre. He did, he did Peter Andre. He did, yeah. he did drums for him. He just had a relationship with him. Oh my God, don't, 
please unclip that. Right. So he was doing uh, something and there was uh, some sort of music thing. I don't talk to him about that business. And he was working in a studio that was um, underground and used to be, I want to say used to be like an old Victorian lunatic asylum, but I'm absolutely making it up. But it, he said it felt like a very weird thing. Anyway, they, there's these huge doors, the, like massive, massive doors that you have to open and close. And in the studio, no music. Uh, but essentially, you have to like open the door in order to put the power on. The power can't be playing when the door is closed. And they go down and they go and there's all these like huge like huge slabby slabby doors i'm not doing it i'm really bad at telling stories but i hope that the sentiment remains they go to the studio there is music playing inside the room and the guy's like that doesn't that doesn't make any sense and then he opens the door and all of the power's off there's no music like there's no way that any music could play and he was like that and then my granddad said my granddad used to be a grenadier guard in buckingham palace and he said he saw a ghost uh, walking up and down the ramparts. Wow. All I'm saying is, ghosts are real. That's what I'm saying. Could be, could be real. Could be real. It's my or way of telling be. if someone's crazy or not if they've, if they've seen a ghost. So <laughs> but but you, not, you've I've passed. Not. You've passed. But my granddad and my dad have failed. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Cool, cool. That cool. is quite exciting. But you have experimented with witchcraft. Oh, I have. Yeah, see, oh, I know everything I about hate you. This. I know everything about also, you. Also, this is um, uh, a Nostradamus T-shirt that I'm is a big by, fan of Nostradamus. But it's called um, uh, the brand is called like the Occult Club. Like, okay. Yeah, it's my vibe. So, uh, tell us about being a witch. Oh, I'm not. Well, oh, actually, okay. You do, you've done a spell that worked. <laughs> did a spell. I had a period of time. So, L Magazine. So, when I used to be a journalist, I used to work for everyone who would pay me money obviously and one of them were intended to be women's magazines because I'm a woman and magazines exist and so I would I did one article for Elle magazine where they like sent me to get um, my flat spiritually cleansed or something and then after that everyone was like oh Stevie will write about paganism Uh, but then I had this one oh my god so I did this one so there's two things I the thing that I think you've seen is the one on Vice magazine where I did Halloween spells but the thing that led to that is more interesting because that is an article on Elle magazine about witchcraft and the rise of witchcraft that's the one Uh, I read is the one you read great so that was I'm so sorry for thinking that it was the Vice one that you'd read (laughs) How, how how crude of me and that does not that article was about like the rise of how people are more interested in things like tarot readings and whatever but and it doesn't really show how fun it was to research that because essentially what I did was I found these three witches who were like also really successful women in their respective fields one was like a music producer one Oh, I've forgotten. It was so long ago. But it, it, they're, they're like, I know it sounds terrible because they don't, who cares? But they also were like very professional women in a field that people who are not interested in paganism would respect. And we went to this, um, I was expecting an interview sort of thing. So we had a little dictaphone and whatever. Turned up at this pub and I ended up basically drinking like three bottles of wine and getting absolutely <laughs> bloated with these three like full witches who were like the high priestesses of various covens of Ever- Elephant and Castle and um, Brixton and like and they told me all this and it was the most fun night I was it was wonderful they were and also what was great about it was they were really cool they weren't um what I imagine and I think what people 
often want to read about that. It's like, it's silly and lame. They were just really like, oh, it's all about just, you know, helping people and uh, about the fact that we're all really connected. And then we're also like, and also I'm high priestess. I was like, tell me more about that. Like, it was so, so great. So I, yes, okay, I have some tarot cards and I um, I occasionally will like whip them out uh, occasionally, but I don't, be- I wish, I want to believe in it more than I do. Sadly. Yeah, I have my tarot cards read for an upcoming TV show that I'm in. It's Taskmaster. Oh, uh, yes, it's but, Taskmaster. Yeah, it's a great so show. I had to... T- I had to do something that uh, I wouldn't usually do, so I had my tarot cards read online because it was uh, obviously during lockdown that we did that one. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I won't say too much about it. She uh, she did say that me and my wife were, that I wasn't in with both feet with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and I said that. I said, don't tell my wife that because that's quite bad. You know, we're we're married. It's going to go out on national television. Yeah, (laughs) and it and it is. That's the bit they obviously chose to show. Of course. Well, I the Uh, thing is, is that like, so I I also did a a piece for Elle magazine, which was about getting my. Well, I I actually never came out, which is about I think getting my aura read, and I went to this shop in Covent Garden called Mysteries, and it's like a very what's a pagan shop, and in the uh, again, it was, the whole thing was about how like women and people are getting their auras read and all that thing. Like we're all interested in that loads or whatever. Went upstairs and there was like the waiting room was full, um, loads of different types of people all waiting to get their aura read. And then when the guy read my aura, I was so disappointed because he was like, "You will have a great career in mathematics." <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't add up. I'm so and it was really like because it was like, "Oh, you you were so close to." To getting it like he's it went like crazy because basically you had to hold this hold this thing that looked like a very like a very metal knob, and then on his computer screen, which looked like um, a Windows ninety five uh, old computer that he had found from the past, would yeah. had my face, and then all of these like colors going around it, and it went like creative. At one point, it said it was like creative. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it went mathematical and he went, done. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you fucked it, mate. Like, it was so bad. I like it when they use technology. I was, uh, I had a girlfriend a while, 20 years ago, who was uh, like into that hippie stuff. And we went to a, we went to a health farm and then we went, actually, we went to do a few things. I did Tai Chi with a woman who could see our spirit guide, who was a Native American, which I was embarrassed about, but we shared them. He'd, we'd been waiting to get us together, apparently, and he'd done it. He was really pleased, but you know, it was a very bad relationship and ended badly. So I don't. I presume that was a, some kind of revenge for what my culture and civilization has done to his, which was what I would do if I was a Native American spirit guide. Uh, but we also, I also did a thing where they tested allergies by making you hold glass vials full of of substances, and then they passed an electric current through it, and then that would tell you if you were allergic <laughs> to the thing. Oh my uh, god! And uh, gl- glass doesn't conduct electricity, so that doesn't really matter what's inside the vial. But I was basically allergic. I was allergic to everything I like, is what what, what they well, told me, basically. But that apparently those um, things that you can do now, where you like send your own hair, I send my own blood um, to, and they, and they tell you like, oh, you're you're allergic to stuff. I got told that too. Apparently, there's no science behind it at all. So obviously, of course, a glass vial is ridiculous. But I like but it even- when they try to make it sciencey. So it's great when they put. They go, look, we got this electric current, and with this, and then we're going to do this, and it's science. <laughs> and then it is, if you know anything about science, but that's good. It's fun. It's showmanship. It is fun, and I think as well what I have learned, which is very nice, and I did learn this through my time of writing consistently about the pagan way, <laughs> um, is that very simply like if 
if you if you like it's like psychological tricks so if your brain if you focus your brain on wanting something it just means that on a day-to-day basis your brain will then work towards that thing so it actually does kind of work but often sometimes not in the way that in it's not like a little fairy uh, doing it well if you're open to stuff that's it because i think it's a therapy thing really isn't it so it was i i very much enjoyed talking to this lady in uh online and i you know she knew i was skeptical and uh, but it was still just nice to talk to someone. I don't think that's what you get. You get someone you talk to someone yeah, about stuff. Want... They take a few punts on things. You go, no, I think I'm going all right with my wife. She did like really double down on it. I said, no, I think you know, don't tell her. I think it's going okay. But no, nah, there's something oh, going God. on there. No, it's not um, going okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But, but you know, then she maybe knew about the competition thing that I have with my. You know, like it's become a competition with me and my wife. So that's fair I've, enough. I think it's going out. You know, we've been together for like nearly 13 years. It's an insane length of time. In Richard Herring years, that's about 40, 50 years as well. <laughs> I've never had a relationship that lasted longer than two years before. So this is crazy. Oh, um, wow. She's the keeper. Yeah. yeah. Well, she is. I've got, I mean, it's too late now. It's, it's, I'm, I'm very old. She might leave me and then I'm fucked. But I'm not going anywhere. I can tell you that now. I'm not. My, my feet is, is my, I'm, I'm more not, I'm not out with both feet. I'm so in with both feet that whatever <laughs> happens, I'm not fucking going anywhere. What she can do anything she wants. If she leaves you, she'll take yeah. your feet with her. Like, yeah, I've got, got my feet in and I'll go, nope, this is, you're stuck with me. It's not going to be long till I die. Just wait until I die and then you can do what you like. Um, oh. That's my feeling. I love my wife very deeply. Um, so, but yeah, so that was interesting. And but you and yeah, in the article you talked about when you were a teenager, you lit a candle for your dog, oh, and then your dog, this. then your dog a, got better. She got better. So dog. I was when I was I was very heavily bullied at school. Um, look, come on, let's do it. Um, so really, really badly bullied at school. It was very sad, and um, I became obsessed with shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and things that would be like. There's a, a, admittedly, a very hot woman, but like still a woman who's like, you know, killing things, essentially really a lot of like uh, pent up energy. And so that uh, I basically between like 13 and 15, maybe 12 and 15, my parents were very worried about the amount of herbs disappearing from their cupboard. Let's just say that the amount of candles. And there was a lot of discussions about like, is is Stevie okay? Is she a Satanist? She seems to have, have built an altar in her room. Um, and I'm like, it's okay. It's about the earth goddess. Lovely. And then I discovered drinking. <laughs> and then that uh, very much was fine. I discovered a lot of fun when I'm drinking. So then I didn't have to do any spells anymore, which probably is <laughs> is actually worse. <laughs> but yeah, so I, yeah, I, was, I was actually a full pagan for three years. That's amazing. <laughs> But then you know you did cure your dog, so that's good. With that man, I with a candle, cure my dog. I brought that can't it be into- positive thinking. The dog doesn't understand about positive thinking. Maybe you're just so calm around the dog. Maybe the dog was stressed because you were being bullied, and then yes. the candle made you calm. That's what happened. That's what they reckon with Rasputin and uh, the Alexei, who was the hemophiliac son of Tsar Nicholas that Rasputin was looking after. That's why he became the center of power. Uh, and they reckon he was just a calming effect on the mother, in fact, who was very stressed by the fact that her son could die at any second, uh, yes. and that when the mother calmed down, the son calmed down and then was less likely to have 
hemophilic Well, that's episodes. quite a lot of those things. That's the kind of what we I just mentioned before about how like it doesn't really matter how you get to the thing if it if it, if it has a positive effect, who yeah. cares? Like, that's why it's like with any religion, it's like well, if it's got a positive thing, lovely. Is any of the negative sides? So you're like, oh, can you stop that, please? But if it's a positive thing, lovely. You yeah, know, why not? Yeah, well, but the world's t- shit enough, isn't it? It Light turns, a doesn't it? It turns. People turn. Noel Edmonds is the same. It's the same as Noel. Edmonds. Noel Edmonds <laughs> saying, "If you write down a thing, that's what the universe will give it to you." Says the man who's got everything. You know, if you start believing in it, it, it will help. If you're positive, it will definitely help because I think the thing is, people. Lot most people are negative. Most people don't believe they can do things. So if they have like a force that makes them believe, oh, actually, I can do it because of that magic force, then they'll they'll find they can do it because you can do most things if you. If you really yeah, set your mind, you, if you, you believe in yourself, you only read horoscope. I've only ever read my horoscopes when I'm when I've been dumped. That's the only That's- time. Yeah, you know, I want to know if it will be okay, please. And then you, yeah. I then I'm absolutely obsessed with Taurus. Uh, don't <laughs> don't uh, relate to any elements of that star sign at all. But at the point of being dumped, absolutely, I'm a yeah. I'm a bull. <laughs> I'm a bull. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, but I think that is interesting. It's interesting you say that. I think, but I think the. I think that's it. A lot of it's just talking to people, and I guess, and I guess especially at the moment. Well, I, I'm talking to people more than I usually do in lockdown because I don't really go out anymore. So it's sure. Zoom. I find great, you know, I can just talk to people. <laughs> but I think a lot of people don't. A lot of people aren't really conversing, and they've got no one to talk to really openly about stuff. And I guess, you know, if you're not in a happy relationship, you can't talk to people about, Oh, and everyone's got awful secrets they can't talk about. So it's nice to be able to talk to some exhausting having awful, awful secrets. Yeah. But th- that is the thing, though, isn't it? Like everybody, it, everyone thinks they're very different and individual, and we all are individual. But the main thing, the main core, we've got like main core human needs, which is like, I would like to be heard and I would like my thing for you to go, that's interesting. That's all we really want. And you've yeah. created an entire show. And yeah, well, that's what I am. I'm just, I just am a tarot card reader without the tarot cards. I've got you to talk about being bullied at school, and I did oh it my, very, very I've not easily. I've my therapist that yet. <laughs> I pay her a lot of money. <laughs> well, let's talk about your podcast because I listened to a couple of your podcasts. I mean, you got you got think two out at the moment. We've done various podcasts over the the years, but one of them is is a sort of, I mean, not quite self help. No, the Nobody Panic podcast, which I think was the debrief podcast before, that's the same podcast, right? That just yeah. changed. It is self help. It was yeah. literally created because me and Tessa Coates, who's a comedian, great comedian, she was in my sketch group, Massive Dad. Um, the only reason we didn't have Liz, the other one, it was because she was like, I don't, I don't like, I don't want to do it. Like, she's great as well. Um, but uh, we were, what, 20, oh, I don't know, very young, 27, 26, or something. And you know, it was that thing of like, we would like to learn how to be better and not cry yeah. all the time. So when we had experts and we basically every week were like, how to be more confident, how to... And now it's it's interesting because now it's like, it's not interesting at all, who cares? But now <laughs> I'm older and now a lot of... Now it's become more... Me and Tessa talking to younger people off. Although we do have like a really lovely subset of like significantly older, often women who are like, oh, I've never really, you know, what, I've always wanted to do this, but I haven't. And but I, but I'm probably not your 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 audience. You're like, yes, you are. Like it's it's it, it's very sweet how, and it really it, it makes me feel good that when like yeah. when someone goes like, oh, I got a new, I I I left my job and got a new job because of your podcast, and you're like. Wow, <laughs> I did not ever think anyone would listen to it. But now it's become sort of me and Tessa 
talking about our mistakes that we made in our 20s to try and help because it's so hard and it's especially hard if you're trying it's, it's, to be honest it's, it's just always hard when, when you leave uni and when you or you don't you don't go to uni it doesn't have to be uni but like just trying to navigate stuff is really difficult yeah. and I wish I had something that had said to me things like um oh just do it like you know don't wait for someone to tell you to do it just do it like rather than being like like I still do that now with like because I was a journalist for a long time and I felt I still feel like I no one really likes me to be a comedian no everyone wants me to just write about paganism all the time and then I wear these t-shirts that does not help but it it, it, does it no one gives a shit like just sort of do the thing and that's a kind of essentially the podcast is boiled down to just do the thing and stop being upset because no one cares you care way more than other people. <laughs> yeah. So just... Well, I think that it's so you're right. I think the twenties, because you and even mid to late twenties, you're meant to be grown up, and you meant you feel like you're meant to be grown up. And I think just most. I mean, it took me a lot longer actually, but <laughs> you you know you are confused. I was I was so. I mean, I wrote a book when I was forty about still being like a, a, a child and not being able to do stuff, and you know, I I really suffered from. It seems weird, and it seems weird you saying it as well, to be fair, but their confidence to do stuff, given that we both of us have got out and done quite a lot of things within you know, our jobs. I was so shy and I was so confused about relationships and you know what what you're meant to be doing and friendships and you there you know it, there was no one to talk to then you know unless you did think I'm going to go to a psychiatrist or something it would have been then uh, which you just would not have done so it's kind of great that there are yeah. these podcasts there for to tell people that this is a a shared experience and I think that's that I think comedy's great when it can do and this isn't particularly a comedy podcast I would say uh, nobody panic it's kind of, it's light-hearted and you're very, both very funny it's a crime it, drama it, it, it is. <laughs> but you're covering you know you're covering subjects and you're being funny about it but it's not like hey let's it's more yeah. about trying to find your way through uh, life's conundrums which is very I, I listened to the procrastinating one which I'm I'm a very bad oh. procrastinator I think that was one of the the earliest of the nobody panic ones uh, yeah. and then might delete later is also your other podcast which is a n- nice idea as well about things that you would like to delete and things that you uh i've listened to alistair green was on it the recent one which is oh which i is love that one well yeah, we get people on to talk about basically people to talk about like posts basically to talk about social media essentially because me and my sister so my sister is uh her name's Gina martin and she made she campaigned to make upskirting illegal and it's very weird your younger sister does something so incredible that you (laughs) can never it's like well but literally I could do anything (laughs) that is better than anything I would have felt to it was Um, amazing but like I sort of but there's loads of things that confuse me about the 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 generations below me sure Uh, I mean this isn't really this isn't the that just that that wasn't a crime already is astonishing because oh, well, I, I mean, was there so, but it's, when uh, she got when, when like it happened. We yeah. were I was with her um, when the guys did it to her, yeah. and and I, in my head, I always I mean, like I sort of like confessed. Just if anyone doesn't know, my my sister got a photo taken. We were at a gig, uh, of outdoor festival, and my and also on the way to the festival, so I dress like a sort of a, a like a. Boy in the nineties, <laughs> and <laughs> that probably has its own uh, psychological reasons, sure. But Gina does not, and dresses how she would like, and dresses very feminine, and has a lovely time. And I'd spent the whole morning anyway on the way to it was like BST festival or something, and um, I don't really like festivals anyway, so I'm very like, Ugh. um, like on the tube, a guy was like, 
she had like a she, she had a dress on it was like a short dress and there was a guy being weird and I was like because I'm her older sister I'm three years older and so I was like a bit like that guy was being horrible and then there's someone else who was like being weird and so and I like stood between them and then we were watching the band and then she there were these guys were like trying to get her chips and I'd I'm very good at being like I have no interest in talking to you can you fuck off and Gina's really sweet and lovely and I'm very open so she was like oh yeah I'll have some chips or whatever and like that's fine and then she saw that they'd taken a photo literally like right up her skirt and I did, I did whatsapped it to everybody and and they were all just like just being like Ugh. and I in my head I just um, stood very still and cried. But Gina said that I became incredibly violent, which I'm really <laughs> proud of. Um, but anyway, yeah, so she, that's how, so she sort of progressed by doing that. And I, and so her, her sort of social media is very, she's, she loves social media and she's very, um, she uses it for good. I hate social media and I use it to take the piss out of all the stuff. So then together, basically what we do is we talk about social media. We talk about our guests, like fav- like, what guests feel about, like what Alistair Green feels about how when a video does really well and he doesn't understand why it's done well and things like that. And it, it's quite, I, it's quite nice, but it has made me um, hate, hate social media more, if that's even possible. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm so, I'm sort of between two stools of social media. I like, I like, I feel like a bit of both for you, what you both feel. Yeah, but I hate it, and you know, it's it's. You're very good at it. Like you well, really I am, but like, it. you know, but it does still get to me and it's still there's a lot anything you do where you put your head above the parapet, which again, as a middle aged man, I know what I'm getting is like a hundredth of what you would get if you did the same things I'm doing, right? So but um there was a thing this week where I and this is sort of funny, and the end I had blocked this guy before it got too far, but <clears throat> it was when Twitter was um blocking people or banning people for wishing Trump dead. And then after all the years of them not doing anything about anyone else. So I, I said, I wish I was dead. Is that outside of the Twitter regulations? <laughs> and then this guy said, and so, you know, and then, and then, and then, then immediately I got an email saying, someone's worried about you. Uh, you might want to commit suicide and we're just checking you're okay, which I thought was like bizarre. I think someone had read that and thought, I meant I wish I was dead. Oh, and so I said, well, well, fair play to Twitter for, having this thing, but, you know, that was a joke. So I said, look, I'm going to delete this because a few people think that I'm trying to commit suicide, but I'm making a joke about the Twitter regulations. And then a guy said, this guy, he retweeted after I blocked it, and this guy thinks it's funny to joke about suicide. I said, no, no, look, mate, I've deleted it anyway because people misunderstood it a little bit. Most people didn't, but a couple of people did. Uh, but this is what it was about. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, it wasn't. And then he says, I hope you lose everything that is in, that matters to you. And so, like this guy, I could have said, "Oh, so you want my children to be killed?" This is There's the a problem. guy tweeting about one of my children. So it's like so, like someone who's claiming. I mean, obviously, I've, I've he's think it's not about suicide because I'm saying I wish I was dead isn't necessarily that you want to kill yourself. It's just saying I would, you know, it's obviously a joke anyway, but it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that. So he's he's read in his own thing, and then he's so upset about something about that that he is then wishing my whole life falls apart. So, you know, I th- what I've realised, I've then got in a couple of tussles with unpleasant groups of people. Well, you're like, your thing about the International Women's Day, like yeah. constantly being like, uh, when's International Men's Day? And then yeah. replying to everybody. That's like, that's the exact, that's what Twitter is. There's no nuance. There's no, you don't, you don't need to, and that's why I find it fascinating. That's why each, like, I actually really do um, get a lot from the podcast that I do because hearing people, how people, how people, 
act on social media is something like how you personally deal with things and how you yeah yeah it, but you I, see but I, my problem is i can't well, it's good for that international women's day thing i mean because I, I can't i don't let things go right i should have just let yeah every time i've gone into trouble you know i've done things that you know i've done dodgy jokes or jokes that have been misinterpreted or whatever and and i've been attacked by feminists i've been attacked by menonists i've been attacked by you know all sides uh for jokes and yeah. and my you know my wife just said one time just don't respond to this because and yes. the, by the minute you respond to it it becomes mm. a thing and then it can become a newspaper article and then it can be something from just one person mis- so that example that one person choosing to misunderstand a joke and refusing to accept your def- your ex- explanation of what the joke actually was and so you're no, the person you were joking that made about it. suicide yeah like- um, and and refusing to accept your apology and refusing to accept that you deleted it anyway so I don't know I don't know what he wanted out of it but it was up there for about third you know a minute before I went okay. Look, it's not it's not worth upsetting anyone about this because it's not that good a joke um but yeah I, I was I got into you know I, I made like a very uh I just made a thing about pronouns and saying you know just b- call people by what they want to be called which has yeah. led to so much shit I, so I actually much shit from feel people. terrible because I really do I feel like that but I'm terrified <laughs> yeah. and what's interesting is I'm terrified to say anything because it's yeah, just yeah. like I actually just don't so I just I support people in like other ways, but like yeah, yeah. I wish I could just say something like that, but you can't because you get so much. But also I was going to say, um, you have like such a big Twitter following and stuff, and I have a smaller Twitter following. And then whenever I was talking to somebody last night, like as, as something I did, I go viral occasion, like I go viral occasionally of an occasion. And it, it, the first time it ever happened was this year. And then and then once you go viral once, then it kind of happens a little bit more. And what I find so interesting is, and before everyone's like, oh, she's going to have like bitch while going viral. Oh, how sad for her. But like, I, you don't realise, but your whole time on Twitter, that's, you don't, you don't really think that that's what you're there, there for, but you sort of are because every time you do a tweet, you're like, hope that does well, but you don't kind of, but then when you actually go viral, I found I get really hollow and sad because yeah, you yeah, get, it's because you get like, so one, one night I've got like 150,000 fucking likes and that is sort of, I guess what, are, and I got like 3000 more followers. You're like, what's well, sort of what the point of this game I seem to be playing is if, but you only realize it when it happens and you're like, oh, that's kind of what I wanted. And then literally nothing happens. Like you're <laughs> like, you, you get nothing from it. You, you're just like, oh, well, that happened. And now I have to do another tweet. What, what am I going to say now? It, it's so weird. And it's so weird to see like with everything else, like you kind of covet things. And then when you get there, you just. Yeah, it is. It. it is a weird thing. I mean, I don't really, because that's what this guy said. Oh, he's just doing this. For, he's joking about suicide for likes. <gasps> and I've never even look at, I don't even really know how to look at my life. I, I generally put this out there thinking this might get off. It's interesting, I think, that that cupboard thing genuinely became like a little bit of a Twitter <laughs> sensation. And that was like old Twitter. That was old Twitter where, you know, you would ju- you would get into, it happened to me years ago when I got a sofa stuck in, a, you know, trying to take it downstairs. And got it stuck oh, I remember in the, that. In the hallway. <laughs> and that was another good one. It was like Stephen Fry got stuck in the lift and it was beautiful and it was everyone just having fun and you know people come up with suggestions and you getting angry with their suggestions because obviously you've thought of them or you know or they won't work because they don't know what's actually going on and it's just a really that's where twitter can be really good fun but yeah i've I've found the reason i've stopped doing internet i'm going to stop doing the international women's day thing which was a difficult decision to to make but it was too you know it was too much of a mental drain and i think i'm quite strong on it but that's this again this thing where and then john ronson just said to me look just just block anyone who's anyone yeah. comes back at you block them and it, and it, and it actually 
what you realise is it's about 30 people and it's about 30 people <laughs> really going to town on you and you block them all and suddenly, oh, no, it's, it's okay again. That's not true of everything, but of that, of that, of that particular issue, which is so, you know, it's so bizarre out of what, what's been extrapolated out one tweet I did the stuff that people come back to me and tell me that I believe as a result of that one yeah. tweet saying Sam Smith should be able to call themselves whatever they want. Um, but, um, and it's not that hard and you just, and you call people by whatever they want to be called generally in life. It's not that difficult. Now I'll get into trouble again for saying it again, but you know, it's so weird to think of that. And, and then, you know, it does become, you get little threats. And again, I know that as a man, my little threats or my, these little, Oh, you know, still threats. someone's going like- to get him. Yeah, but it gets you and, you know, you have – and so I I think I've got less good at taking it. I think, like, there's a com- there's a comedian part of me that kind of enjoy – they're just like hecklers and International Men's Day and Women's Day thing is just like dealing with some hecklers, but I'm sort of being the heckler as well mm. uh, in that in that certain circumstance. But, yeah, it, as I've got older, I think up. it's just – yeah. It just sort of get, because then after a while, like, I guess it just is, like, depressing because it's just like, mm. oh, you – so many people think this. Yeah. What is wrong with you? <laughs> and I think that kind of so I because my you uh, had uh, Bilal Zafar on on here, yeah. and uh, he's a friend of mine, and he's really funny at he's really good at like he winds people up on Twitter, and he finds yeah, things, yeah, especially cool. ones racists up on Twitter. Yes. And uh, and I and I sort of found that quite uh, inspirational because I find when my thing is that when I do something and then five men explain the joke that I've done, yeah. <laughs> and I don't. It's who cares? Like you've explained the joke. If anything, actually, now we're saying, we were saying before about Alistair Green didn't know why his, his his video was funny. That wouldn't have worked if he was a woman because a man would have just explained it to him. That would be fine. <laughs> but like, I find that so, and I and I also I want to engage in it. Like, and I yeah. really want to talk to them. And there's I've I've never I never so my my, my sister consistently um puts her head above the, the parapet says stuff like really puts herself out there about issues and I don't because I'm I'm terrified and also that's not my vibe I kind of I do do stuff quietly yeah. but I don't talk about it and I did put my head above the parapet the first time ever this year when there was like a lot of stuff about um the comedy industry and oh, yeah. sexism and all that business and because I'm a journalist as well that meant that then like the Telegraph were like, do you want to write an article about this? And I was like, fine. And I've got people involved in it, fine. But the responses to that, I didn't deal badly with them, but like I very much uh, wanted to like have like a real long chat with everyone <laughs> that was like, actually, I think if you get a woman really drunk, uh, specifically to have sex with her and she can't see, I don't think that's a problem. That's just lads. And I'd be like, ah, and then uh, trying to be like, well, oh, like, where's the agency? And you're like, well, if you're doing it specifically, like, there's so much stuff. And, and I became very, very tired and very sad over a period of three days and then thought, my God, people do this all the time. And I cannot believe that people do this and even you doing the international women's day thing yeah okay fine like you know you're not a woman so maybe the the stress of it some people would would like say oh well it doesn't affect it but you were doing that and it's so depressing to see the yeah, yeah. constant like, they, like it's it was like really, the, it was always war. it was always depressing. the older i've got the harder it's got and the and it's and but also it's just got worse people the, the people who are bad are worse and you feel like yeah. you can explain it to them but you can't so every time that something's been misunderstood. I've attempted to go back and try and go, no, no, look, this is what I was saying. I wasn't saying that. And it just makes it worse. It absolutely makes it worse. And so the best thing you can do... Block them. And I really would say this. It's block or just don't respond because they will move on to the next thing. None of these people care about it, you know, and and none of them, to not be able to see your own 
you know, to be upset about what you perceive as a suicide joke and then wish someone to lose everything in their life. That's not, a con- that's not a consistent worldview. Oh, when like, the person is going, oh, no, it, it wasn't about that. They're like, yes, it was. Like, how? <laughs> it, you, there is always a, a drop-off of reality. Yeah. And that's the thing. And I also think that's, like, very consistent in social media in general when you're having, yeah. there's, like, a drop-off where you're like, oh, and now I've lost you. And you yeah. are So clearly- there's no point, you know, the number of people that you're convinced, and it does happen Some You have a chat and you go, oh, look, actually, you know yeah you've got a point and I've got a point and maybe we'll meet in the middle but then you're not going to convince anyone it's not worth it I don't think you know and I think that's hopefully what will happen with social media is people will go look there's no point in doing this on social media it's just making yeah. things worse and it it's is. just putting people into tribes and let, let's go back to using social media as a, a silly thing it's, it's now destroying with. democracy it's not fun anymore yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now governments and countries are falling Probably, and it all because Mark Zuckerberg like was quite horny at uni and wanted like, like women. <laughs> yes, but that's, that's what's hilarious about that. It's entirely about you know a guy wanting to find a way to hook up with people, which it oh, was God. you know it was a good way. I remember what life was, was like innocent. before Facebook, and it was very difficult to hook up with people. You know and what? after Facebook, it was a bit easier. Yeah, so I was Facebook two thousand and six. Absolutely <laughs> loved it. Real fan, and now uh, oh, what what is that? But look. How long we've talked about it. Good podcast. Good podcast. You can imagine. Um, might do it later. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm probably going to um, very quietly uh, ask you to come on the podcast because I've. Oh, well, that I would. Love, I think it's a great podcast. So I mean, we may have just talked about everything we were going to talk on it, but we'll it was. It. You know, it is. It's a great idea, and it's but it's very light hard and fun. And then you ask about what you would. You know, it's just nice. It's nice to ask what you would delete. It's a. It's a. And it's nice that. How is it working with your? sister i mean i always find it a bit weird when people are that close to their siblings right but uh how is it how do you how do you find it's fine because between so what she was 13 when i was 15 so like we basically were uh going through the terrible puberty time at the sort of same time so i was we hated each other and we didn't hate each other but like we had like a period of time where we were just sort of like not really like um and then about what was nice was then she moved to London uh, when I was having quite a bad time. When you just, when you first moved to London and you're not like a rich person and you're like, oh, I can't live in Charing Cross. What? <laughs> oh, I have to be a waitress too. Oh God. And and the rent is so high. So I um we became very very good friends and we actually she is she is my best friend and that is weird. But it w- it would be weird if she's my best friend my whole life. She, we have had periods of time when we haven't been in each other's lives but now when we're a bit older what's nice is yeah she kind of has all of she kind of has all of the characteristics of my parents that I would like <laughs> and I have the other ones and then we both know how to but also it's like well like our social media that that is the one thing that's the only argument we've ever had like on, on Christmas day I accidentally called her an influencer and we had a full-blown argument <laughs> my parents were like just gonna have some dinner and uh, and she's like and the thing is is i'm an activist and i, I completely understand now but it was it it's it, it that's the one and so then when we were we wanted to work together because we get on and yeah. so we we're like what's the one thing that we could oh that because <laughs> let's get back to their arguments on the day of the law on the one day of jesus christ <laughs> we screamed very religious women um we screamed at each other yeah <laughs> Did you? Was it you that slept under a table when you when you moved to London? 
Oh, so I so I moved to um, a flat with two friends, and the first flat we lived in had maggots in the drawers, so I couldn't nice. put any clothes in there. And then I would wake up, and my landlord um, would be sat on the end of my bed reading his own post, and I was like, "London's wild! Like, what a wild place!" And there was no. They said it was a three bed. It wasn't. It just meant like, oh, three bed as in like move a bed into the living room. So my like the third housemate who was like, I guess I will live in the living room. And then the second flat we lived in was dreadful. That was when it was, um, yeah, I lived, so me and my flatmate had six months, six months in a bedroom, six months, and then we would swap. And the other uh, swap was you would live underneath the table. And I, uh, I live, I paid 500, I think it was 500 pounds a month to live nice. under a table well, and also you know you've got a table look you're lucky. a table i have like it was like was it a morrison shelter in the world world it is, it is <laughs> like, right. well if we're bombed it's fine <laughs> and that was good but also what was so sad is that when we swapped and i so i had the bedroom for the also he picked the fucking flat when i was in edinburgh doing best vaccine um and then i came back and like great oh what have you done and then when i moved into the table it coincided perfectly with getting dumped so then i was like dumped under a table and then we had this little yard outside that was tiny but had like this they tried to make it nice by having like bamboo around it and i sat i remember sitting i had gone to latitude festival and then like written a review for it for free for a website called like haha bonk joke joke note <laughs> and I was sat in this yard and I was like oh dumped but at least I'm a journalist right and then I went back in and then three snails had had gone from the and I had three snails on my head yeah <laughs> London that's London it is London well I mean it was all oh no when I moved in the uh late very late 80s early 90s you know you could still come as someone with no money and find somewhere in flat share and it was I think our rent was 60 pounds a week each. shut Oh! And we had a house with, and we didn't even, I slept in a bed. Was we had nice, like, it was a night. It was on the South Bank. <laughs> it was in Acton. It was in Acton, 32 Hereford Road, if you want to check it out. It was a nice house. Mr. Chowdhury was my landlord. He never sat on the end of my bed. I'd have loved him to. Um, we had a nice house. It was a night, and there was even a little tiny garden at the back. Um, but uh, yeah, it's changed so much. In, you know, the, and I know you're, because I think I was, were you talking to Andy Peters on a podcast that I was listening to? I think it was something like that. And, you know, the, you can't now, the, to come to London to try and make your way in show business or any of these businesses, I mean, ignoring the coronavirus, uh, which does makes it a little bit harder. But it's it's impossible, surely, to for most people who aren't from rich families to, to do it. So you have to make those live in the, those kind of places. Well, it's just hard. Like, so the journalism industry... I don't know, I can't speak for it now. I can't imagine it's any different. But when I was, so I did a MA at City University. Great university, like really, it was the best journalism course in the country. And I'd got into loads of places that were cheaper. But I was like, but that's the best one. And I hadn't gone to Oxford, so I had to take this one. <laughs> um, I was like, Ugh. And then I got like a loan. Um, and what was so, the, there was so much bad about it when I look back in the sense that, during the course, which was nine months, and I just moved to London, I was told it I was I was not allowed to have a job. I was right. not allowed to have a job to pay for my rent. So obviously I did, but I was dead. Like I I had to I had to cut a very early morning like shorthand class. No one uses shorthand, and I got like reprimanded for it. And I got I did very badly in my MA. Like really, I've just scraped it. Um, 
and I and, and that was someone being really trying to be really academic my whole life. And it, it, it was the first time that I looked around and was like, everyone here doesn't have a job and is living in a how are they doing? And they're all rich, like all of them are rich. <laughs> and yeah. then they all got jobs because they were rich and they had connections, and also they were rich and they were able to then um intern for free. Yeah. They had to be a waitress full time. And it's just like anyone trying to do that, like the maths doesn't work. <laughs> like it just doesn't. So it'll be like two year, two years to get a paid job. Like yeah. it was dreadful, like uh, journalism. Like it's so sad and it's so hard. But the thing is, is you can do it. You just have to. And I get emails being like, how do I be a do- or how do I do this? And you just have to, you you just have to do it. Like you just have to sleep under a table. You just have to sleep under a table, table with snails on your head. On the head. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you can eat those snails. So that was a great day for you. Cause you get, there's my dinner sorted out. I don't have to pay for dinner today. Sorted. Uh, crack yeah. shells open. <laughs> mollusks. Like it's actually, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's true though. So if you, you know, with all these things, you have to really want it. And that while I do appreciate, um, the posho people have that advantage. I think, also, they don't have, they don't have the hu- necessarily have the hunger for it, right? So if they get the connections and they get through, fine, they get the job, and you know, there's. But all of these things are so competitive already, and you need to fight and compete, and you really need to want it. So if you've if you've lit for me, that was eating baked potatoes and drinking two pound bottles of wine for the first three or four years I lived in London, uh, yeah. and you know and. And I thought that was hard, but you do it. <laughs> but now it's hard. Well, no, you don't care as well when you're when you're early twenties. You don't you don't think it's hard. You don't really care. But it is. But it, I think you've got to have that dedication, which clearly you have. You've worked. I mean, you've basically got five or six jobs, and you've just kept working away at them all, haven't you? Which is what you have to do. Yeah. Let's quickly. I've kept you for a long time. You've sorry. Been, yes. Been really. No, it's don't be sorry. It's fascinating talking to you. Um, let's quickly talk about your Twitch stream because uh, you're on Twitch usually at this time. Is it usually on a Wednesday? Oh, no, it's usually on Thursday. Thursday. You're yeah. up against Ali and Harry's Twitch fan, which is a bold, a bold mood on your part. It's hurt me. It's really hurt yeah, me. Yeah, I'm sure it has. Well, I've been on your show, The Book Club, which is a great, it's an improvised, which I think would, this the thing I love about Twitch and the experimentation of Twitch, which is, I mean, I'm doing a few things that I was doing already, but the puppet thing is a new thing. I would never have done that without twitch and i would never have done it without covid19 so thank you very much covid19 for <laughs> essentially revealing me as an insane maniac uh but it's it's taking a it's a real uh punt i was nervous before doing it because i think it's there's it's really literally we're gonna the the premise of it is you, you're a, a sort of academic character and we're going to talk about a book that doesn't actually exist and we you know you have a guest and you improvise the book and yes. you realize what happens in it, and and that's over an hour. Which again, you know, it's and you've hit the ground running with it. I think was it something you were doing anywhere else, or is it just how did you come up with this idea and what no. thought, what made you think I'm going to give this a crack? This will work. <laughs> this, oh, yeah, this this will be great. Um, <laughs> no, well, I uh, was well, I suppose I wasn't doing any. I felt like I wasn't because I'm doing lots of other projects, like creative projects, but not, not comedy necessarily. And I felt really like. I miss, I don't miss, I don't know. I have a very complicated relationship with live. <laughs> so live comedy, um, love it. Also don't. Um, and my friend Bill Al Zaffer was on, uh, do, was doing Twitch and doing loads of stuff. And he basically forced me to do it. And I did, and I wa- didn't really want to. <laughs> um, but then over like a course of three weeks, I was like, oh, like, like, what would I do? What, like, and I, I really like playing very um, confident people who are morons. Like, I really enjoy that. That's the only kind of, 
And I did do English literature and I did hate it. And I thought this will be a very good way of exercising that. And I used to do, I did like a couple of years training um sounds like uh over the top but did like some improv stuff but it never really couldn't really like translate it into actually you know gigging or doing anything I just kind of because I didn't really want to I just sort of learned some stuff and I really enjoy it and got a little bit of confidence with it and I was like oh well the perfect thing would be to get mates on and talk about a book and so uh also as well like I my comp my shows that I do solo shows in Edinburgh are very like multimedia like I use slides a lot and I also like it's very silly so it's basically it's kind of the same thing like I do like uh, I'm not an academic but I I I affect the same sort of person which is like I'm I'm an expert my last show was like I'm an expert on social media I'm also really great at it and I have no psychological problems because of it so here are all the reasons that and then just showing that I have massive massive psychological problems but um it was all like uh screens and fucking stuff which is a nightmare uh we just do stand up so much easier but um it was a nice little kind of jump and it's been so fun like it's been really fun really frightening um but the I've really enjoyed doing it's really like perked up my I have to say good I think I just think it, I mean I find it really interesting it's feel and the stuff that Bill Al's doing as well but it uh, and a few other people as well but it does feel like you know it's it's a slightly new feel of a way to do comedy but it but also it's because you've got that it, it's like podcasts I suppose as well in a way but it's yeah. just that immediacy of it being filmed and the ability to kind of put in you know extra bits and pieces but it is really, it's a thrilling thing to do, right? I've really enjoyed doing Bill Al's show and I really enjoyed doing your show. It's really interesting to find out whether you can just make something work with, from shit. nothing. And yeah. you actually can. Like, there's, I've yeah. not had a single, there's not been one single guest who, like, yeah. hasn't had anything to say. Like, every, right. you just, because you just, you have to. So you just yeah. make shit up. Um, it, and it's great. And I think me and Bill Al are going to do, a show together as well which is great because I really like working with him like it's really yeah. and um and I think there's just to also build it's like just there's the possibilities are essentially limitless until all the celebrities uh <laughs> join yeah. and then we're now competing with uh reality tv stars sure but like for now well, it's like yeah, it we'll see. I mean I think again it's the same thing you know it's like podcast has taken yeah. this like it's taken you know and you've been doing podcasts for a long time already but I've been doing podcasts for 12 years and it's taken 10 or 11 years before celebrity like celebrities yeah, have started coming true. into it and, and realized they can make money out of it now but I think I don't know I think that just that immediacy and that you know you've basically got a tv studio that it's sort of limitless i think i really think it is i think it'd be very interesting hope more comedians come into that's like partly why yeah. i want to have you on i think it's it's important for you for people to check out other twitch channels yours is stevie m but with a five instead of an s it's such bad like it's yeah, just it is it's really difficult to explain it's hard but it, all of it all like my instagram my twitter is that so i have to be that it's, it's stevie m the s is a five that's yeah. like unfortunately what or five yeah. tvm which makes and you go out on uh, Thursday, you do your book club on Thursdays at 8 o'clock. Thursday Direct, eight. Directly in competition. Unbelievable. I know, arrogance. but I also, I've started doing like a thing on Saturday though, where I, um, I've been, it's really fun, where I've been like modernising um, Shakespearean sonnets. But obviously not, like silly. Like the last one was yeah. like, oh, a snowman is trying to give someone a, bl- a blowjob. <laughs> like that's <laughs> the vibe. Um, but uh, so yeah, I, I'm trying to do a bit more like ad hoc stuff. Uh, if you can't look, if you because obviously everyone here will be like, well, I'll 
I'll obviously be watching Richard. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's the... okay. You can watch me. You can catch up on me, and you can catch up on you. Catch as well. up, yeah. You yeah. don't have to watch them, but it's fun. I mean, yours is a bit more interactive, I think, probably than mine as well. So I, I don't really use the interaction too much on Twitch anymore. I but, love um, the chat. I'm obsessed. It's nice with to the chat. chat. Yeah. God, so, it, so watch you live. You can catch up with me <laughs> no. uh, and uh, do <laughs> follow, follow, and uh, and subscribe. And are, are people able to do that Amazon? prime insane thing with you yet yeah, if you've got if you've got the yeah, ability to I think yeah so, so yeah. people can give you money every month so give stevie money every month give me so much she's got money. she's got snails on it she's living under a bed you're not but your bed has wine all over it you're gonna have to yeah. buy a new bed so it's buying, yeah, that but check out all the people on there there's lots of people and it's worth supporting uh, ashley stories on there bilal zaffa ian lee uh there's i think i think alistair's uh, green's coming on uh soon oh, as yes. well sue's camp so, as well very good. oh yes of course yeah so there's lots of people please spread the your five pound free amazon prime things around if you're with amazon prime uh look i'm gonna let you go because we've been talking for ages it's really lovely to talk chat with you thank you very much for agreeing to do this um and uh yeah so just more podcasts is there anything exciting coming up outside of the world of podcasting? i'm writing a book can... wow good can't talk about What's it, your... so pointless. Okay, you can't Absolutely talk about pointless. it. Absolutely pointless. If anything, pointless. Um, okay, we'll buy my book instead, The Problem With Men. <laughs> and then when uh, Stevie's... And then buy my book, The Problem With Women, uh, <laughs> yeah. which is coming out now. So, <laughs> yeah, Which is just, not, there's no problem. We're all, women are all fine. wonderful. They're all fine. wonderful and men are all bad. That's what... That... Read the book. Um, good. Look, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we'll see. I'll see you again very soon, I hope. Uh, thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Stevie Martin! Thank you! See you next week. I think it's John Ken's next week, I think. <gasps> Great. <laughs>